From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is The LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. So we're going, Tom? We are going. We are on, huh? Give me like a radio announcement. You gotta be like... <laughs> live from Bushwick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> live from Stockholm yeah. Street <laughs> Studios. Except we're not really live. LPV Show. <laughs> Coming to you in February. I don't know what it's all after here. But uh, historically, I butcher everyone's name. Oh, yeah. So, so well, I, my, I know. My, my name is historically butchered, so it's, <laughs> it, it works out. It's, uh, you guys have history together. Yeah. 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 It works out. Yeah, so it's, it's Christan. Christan. Oh, really? Christan. Oh, Christan. Yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, everyone says Christian. That's usually. But the... you don't go just by Chris? I used to. Yeah. And then. Uh, when I decided to like really do the photography thing, they're like, you should probably go by Chris Son. Because so. it sets you apart, huh? Yeah, it's just different. A little different. They, they and, do... and I mean, it's my name. It's not like... like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if, if it was just Chris Son with no last time, I feel like that'd be really pretentious. But what's the but, origins of it? Um, it's uh, actually it's actually South African. So yeah. I guess that's like traditionally Dutch. Oh. So I, I'm not South African or Dutch, and neither <laughs> are my parents. Um, I was named after a South African cardiac surgeon named Christian Bernard, who's spelled C-H-R-S-T-I-A-A-N. Uh-huh. And he was like the first uh, heart surgeon to perform a uh, heart transplant surgery in the 60s. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I guess my dad thought he was like a cool, cool guy. He was like kind of like a playboy celebrity, like surgeon. And uh, I guess they decided to make the name more weird and take out the eye. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, yeah. So mine's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, James, J-A-Y-M-E-S. And yeah, that's pretty interesting. My parents wanted to use the Ys. Yeah. I don't know why. Is, is my necklace being picked up or no? <laughs> I was worried about that. I heard that jangling around. Is it all right? No. All right, no. fine. Tom, Tom will give us Tom will give us the stink eye if, if the no, sound not, starts. Not, not uh, the stink that's eye. a stinky smell right there. <laughs> Good Lord. But you, uh, so we're, Tom just showed me your book. Yeah. Again, <clears throat> Boxio Classical. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I got that right, huh? <laughs> So I want to read, because I like, there's a couple really good passages in here. Just to kind of set, yeah. the, set the tone for the people listening. I really like your writing here at the end. Oh, so thanks. I'm just going gonna, gonna to read a quick, thanks. Yeah, yeah. quick uh, passage here. If I can get it right, okay. Over the span of two years, I photographed at the Zaragoza Boxing Gym, a sparse family-owned gym located in the heart of Bushwick, Brooklyn. The boxers in the gym consisted primarily of teenage amateur fighters many of whom went on to fight in the New York Golden Gloves. Throughout the project, I followed these young boxers from their hours of intense training sessions at the gym to the vulnerable moments leading up to and following their fights. More than an exploration of the fight in the ring, this project explores the fight within oneself, the ritualistic preparations of the modern-day warrior, and the search for ancient definitions of masculinity and identity within modern society. So that's the end of your your artist statement for Paragraphs. I want other people to read it for themselves, yeah. the rest. But it's really beautiful written. Oh, thank you. The whole, so I really like, too, it kind of goes back to your your roots. Your, your old man got you into boxing. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of laid the foundation. Yeah, he was, uh, he did the Golden Gloves. Uh, grew up in uh, Newark, New Jersey, which was a pretty rough area at the time. And um, he actually, he fought for the uh, lightweight championship of New Jersey. Oh. He's, a, he's a tough guy. He um, he he, he graduated um, from Georgetown, and it was, this was in the '70s when you know during the recession. And he worked he worked as a uh, a prison guard actually after that because he couldn't get a job, and he would like fight 
the prisoners, and he, they, they call them like extractors, uh, where they get sent into the prison cells when people don't want to come out. And you just go in and just basically like sucker punch them, <laughs> drag them out. So, and then I was the first, you know, the first child, so you know, the son. So uh, it's like, let's let's teach this kid how to fight. Yeah. And uh, you know, I remember, um, you know, when I was younger, I used to get picked on a lot, and his sort of thing was like, all right, I'm going to teach you, teach you how to stick up for yourself. And uh, it was actually. <laughs> Some, there's some weird times when, um, at my birthday parties when I was like five or six, instead of having pin the tail on the donkey, we'd have like round robin boxing matches. In our basement, <laughs> I swear to God, and it was it was kind of like it was kind of fucked up in that like so I'd invite my friends over, but I'd also invite like the neighborhood bullies over, oh, and he would train me for like months, wow. and then he'd like pit me up against these kids in the basement. It was like and I saw yeah. footage of this recently. Like, like there was like you know big VHS 80s VHS uh, recorder. <laughs> And uh, it's like Lord of the Flies. Like, it's really <laughs> Well, that's a little different. I mean, I would play football in the backyard, and my, my dad would watch through the window, and I would play quarterback, and this guy playing strong safety would keep reading me and picking me off all the time. He's like, you got to give that guy a pump fake and yeah. then go deep on you know? But it's the same. It has to be torturous watching your kids play any sport, like box, you know, box. Yeah. Jeez. Well, like, he was just really proud, and, like, I, I just couldn't imagine, like, parents being okay with that. Like, I guess it was the 80s. I yeah. don't know. Shit was more lax in the 80s. I don't know. But yeah, super, super weird. But it's kind of, it was really empowering. And it was like kind of this, you know, a, a way my, my dad and I got to bond. And even to this day, you know, like I actually just got a voice message from him coming, before coming out here. And he was like, hey, you know, the, the Manny Pacquiao fight is happening on the 22nd. Oh. You want to come out and like hang out? So that's kind of our... Our like our common ground, you know. So how long? I suppose you are when you started when you started pursuing. When did you start pursuing photography? Was it in Fuck. high school as well? Yeah, high school, okay. probably like fourteen or fifteen. Okay, so you yeah. were in. You were taking pictures early. Yeah. Right away. So how? I mean, did it, was, you, it was terrible. I mean, it wasn't any good. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Um, so how, that the seeds were planted pretty young. On, you know, pretty early on that you were going to do something. This. How? When did you decide? Okay, now's the time. I need to do this book. I need to do this project, and then. I mean, I don't think it was like that, like premeditated. Like I think, um, at the time I was living in, in Bushwick with with uh, yeah. Ralph and Pete and all those guys. Okay. Um, and I was taking the uh, the J train, the elevated J train, into the city because I was working at a photo agency at the time. So every morning I take the J, and it's elevated, so you can see, you know, the entire city. It's actually a really beautiful commute. Mm -hmm. But you would look into like the windows of all of, like the storefronts in, in Bushwick, oh. and there was a stopover on on Myrtle Avenue. It was like a was it a layover? I forget. Or maybe maybe you just uh, it was just a stop there where where it's like Myrtle Broadway. Yeah, yeah, right? Myrtle Broadway is that yeah, junction yeah. where it's like a really um, there, there are a lot of trains coming through there, and I remember uh, seeing from the train window seeing all these uh, fight posters, these old fight posters in the window, and uh, I was always really curious about it. And then finally one day I just went down uh, from the platform and just walked up into this gym, and it was just this beautiful gym. It was it was everything you'd think of in like an old school. New York City boxing gym is super sparse. It was, you know, it was family owned. Remember the the, the walls were like bright yellow. Huh. I'm like, this is amazing. So it's like, and that's the thing with photography. It's like, not only does it have to be interesting, like intellectually, but like you sort of have to keep that aesthetic appeal in mind, which is always the, the most difficult part. But right. when I got there, it was like, I, I, you know, you're just so motivated. You're like, I, I've got to got photograph. To There's no other choice. You've got to photograph. Yeah, it's so. just that instantaneous. So yeah. how did you, what did you approach the owner of the gym? Or did yeah. you just start like, say, listen. Yeah, the owner. And he, he turned out to be a, he became like a really good friend actually. Like okay. I, I went like that weekend to like, they had this amateur boxing match. Went out, 
like met him, met all the fighters, and would just go out as many times as I could. I'd, I'd go out after work, you know, um, try to go in in the mornings and Saturdays and Sundays, and um, you know, just shoot the the, uh, the training and uh, became yeah, became really close close with him. He was a really good guy. So were you shooting? Was this is this all thirty five millimeter? Um, no, it's it's a combination. It's all film. Um, it's actually the majority of it. I think is uh, is one twenty. I shot okay. with a uh, okay. Mamiya RZ six seven. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then like like that's thirty five, which is like basically just you know flash on camera point. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. a Yashica T four. So oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's thirty five. Um, but it's I think most of it is um, is a uh, six seven. Yeah, you have the mix of the the portraits, and then you have some of the candid stuff. Yeah. And what you would call the, I guess, you know, the ambient kind of like still right. life stuff, you know, the they, boxing gloves and all that. So you got, you mix it up. I mean, how early on did you realize you didn't want it to do, because you could have done it where it's just a book of portraits. Sure. But you, you um, wanted more of that mix of, of. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I think it's just like, uh, as, as you know, I'm sure it's like every format and every camera, first of all, I think has a certain aesthetic and secondly kind of forces you to shoot differently. And I felt like it was almost too quiet with the RZ because it was very like formal. Like you get the tripod, yeah. it was really you know it was a window light, so I didn't have any strobes or anything. So I had to set it up and really lock everything down. You know, you have the light meter; it's a slow process. And so in in effect, you sort of get these really uh, uh, again more formal, quiet, yeah, and, and more posed photos. And I'm like, I don't want this to be all posed um, because yeah, there's that you know that. Uh, uh, meditative side of boxing that I wanted to capture, but I also wanted to capture the energy as well, which, which to me, you know, flash on camera, you know, right. works perfectly for that. Right, and then you get in a little tighter, more intimate. Yeah, well, it's just more loose. I mean, yeah. it, some of these were shot with, I had a really shitty 35 millimeter. It was like a Canon, it was essentially like a Canon Rebel film yeah, camera. Yeah, it's like yeah. literally like a $10 plastic uh -huh. film camera with like a $1,000 lens on it, you know? Yeah. And just walked around and shot that, but it, and, and you know with the thirty-five, it's loose. You know, a lot of the the photographs are you know tilted. You know, just mm -hmm, to fit mm -hmm. everything in the frame, which you can get away with doing thirty-five. Yeah, definitely, more tilted definitely. No, I think that, that mix is obviously it's tough to pull off. But it I works. enjoy the Polaroids. Yeah, you oh, put thanks. it. That was kind of interesting when thanks. you got it. Uh, instant. Yeah, yeah there's uh, Fuji probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are just those are just tests for like an actual portrait. But I'm like, oh, I really like these, and I have a I have a whole envelope filled with uh, filled with those actually. Oh. So you just ended up being like the the weird photographer guy hanging around, or did they? Yeah, that's that's were, usually were, how it works. Yeah, that's, that's kind of they, how I am. They, yeah, yeah unfortunately. They, but they were cool with it and well, I think warmed it, up to you. Well, I mean, I came back with prints, which is always a nice gesture, mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing. It's like. Photography is weird that way, where, where especially nowadays, there's so many photographers. I think everyone's like, ugh, you're a photographer too. But once you show them like a print and they're like, no, like I can take photos. And they go, and then they sort of get into it. Like, oh, can I, you know, can I get my portrait taken? And they realize it's, it's not, you know, you're, you're not like a, just a paparazzi. Yeah, or some, yeah. Some asshole walking guy, around. Guy with me. camera? What do they call it in like the modeling? The models call it the guy with camera? Yeah. GWC? Oh, yeah. God. That's <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Yeah, exactly. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I like that guy with oh, camera. Yeah. I'm sure that's in the title of my name. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. It's like it's got to be. I mean, that's a, that's a tough thing. Like, I don't do social documentary for that kind of reason is you it's really, really got to build that trust and you got really you have to show that dedication yeah it's not the type of work where you can just kind of like you show up a couple weekends and you're done i mean you right. got to invest time in it. how long did you actually shoot for um 
That was a long process, just because I, I, you know, again, I was working at the time, so I could only get bits and pieces of time to, to shoot. Um, it's probably over the span of like a year and a half to two years, um, because I wanted to follow them to the fights too, and that was only mm -hmm. a certain, you know, it was like a season basically, like around this time, winter time, um, is when the Golden Gloves are really mm -hmm. kind of kicking into higher gear, and so I'd follow a lot of these boxers into their into their fights. Um, you know, like there are a couple of photos in there that are taken outside, and I was up in the Bronx mm -hmm. during one of the guys met like that. Mm -hmm. Like that was literally in the middle of the street. They had a ring set up in the middle of the street that just blocked off both sides, huh. just barricaded it, and they had a barbecue and set up a ring. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, how can you, how can you not take good photos? And you, but you decided it intentionally not to not to photograph any of the flight. Yeah. So that's kind <laughs> yeah. of interesting too. It's this whole. Yeah. When did you make that decision? <sighs> You know, I, I just, I wasn't interested in it. Like, I think everyone knows what happens. Like, I'm not interested in that aspect of it. And I'm not a sports photographer. I just, and I actually tried. I did I did do, like, I shot a couple rolls, and, and I just, I wasn't happy with it. And I was like, well, this isn't really where, like, for me, where, like, the meat is. Like, again, like, you could, there, there's so many, like, so many better photographers that can do that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm just, that's not my thing. Like, I like portraiture. I And I enjoyed the before and after of the fights. I, I felt like that's where that tension was. And that's where you could really feel it, like, you know, visually. I thought it was, you know, some, I, I, I was, I became sort of obsessed with their process and training. I actually started training after that. I started, oh, wow. I wanted to fight, and I, I started training at Gleason's gym, which is one of the oldest uh, gyms in New York City. Like, Muhammad Ali used to train there. Oh. And I trained with, um, trained with this guy named uh, Hector Roca, uh -huh. who was, uh, he used to, he trained Hillary Swank for Million Dollar Baby. Oh, wow. and, like, <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was like big time. It was awesome. And I'm like, I want to fight in a year. Um, and it was an amazing process. It was really beautiful. I felt great. Like it was... So do you, part of boxing too is there's a, there's, a, there's a class angle too, a class and race angle too. Because sure. it's not, yeah. is it, I mean, traditionally it is, it, it is come from lower income yeah, of course. communities that yeah. are into boxing. And even now these days, I guess boxing is not what it was. No. Not by a long time. No. You have MMA. Yeah. That's kind of like supplanted it in that area. So yeah. boxing is now, you know, where it used to be this grandiose like sure. heavyweight champion of the world, yeah. Muhammad yeah. Ali. Now it's kind of it's taken the back seat. But is it still something where like, you know, people that are in lower income, like they still is it like do they still see it as like a way out or a way I think to so. like I mean, you know, it's something. Yeah, and, and but that's also, you know, why I was so attracted to it. It's it's kind of incredible, you know. You'd be training and you'd be training next to professional fighters, um, which just doesn't exist in any other sport. You know, it's not like you're you can go to a basketball court and train with like LeBron James next. Right, like it's right, weird right, how that right. works. And I think it's kind of like an everyman's sport, and I, I enjoy that aspect of it. It's more accessible. I, I think that's kind of a you know that's a beautiful thing in a way. Yeah. So you got to you, you got you, you you got the photos you're working on it for your. When did you say like this is now it's time it's time for the book. Are <laughs> um, you um, did you have a book in mind the no, entire time? No, 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 not at all. For me, it was actually it was just a project to sort of get back into shooting. Before that, I, like you know, I, I graduated college, did the assisting thing, was doing that for a while. Um, I, I felt sort of I don't know, disheartened with the whole process. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to do it. I started doing a lot of like art myself, just like graffiti. I was doing a lot of graffiti, oh, wow. doing a lot of music. I'm not sure if you remember that. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I just sort of had this epiphany. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I've, I've spent so much time working on this. How can I just abandon this thing? So I was like, I need to, I need to find a project to just sink my teeth into. And, um, and it started 
from from taking the J train and, and making that initial step to to go up into the gym and and, and that just created a relationship that just sort of went from there. But um, the actual book didn't come way later when I was actually it was at art department where, where I was working at the time, and one of the agents was like was helping him or he was helping me edit um, some of the photos and he was like you got to make this into into a book and I was like ah oh, that's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> and first it started off as a really little thing like almost like a zine. And then I was just like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I should just do it. Do it, do it. And and I was really lucky. Like I got a good job from. Um, I did a job for like Red Bull Records, and I got some money from that. Uh-huh. And I was just I just threw like literally all of my savings into that. Like it was oh, really wow. it was really expensive. <laughs> got, some, got help from my parents to help yeah. like pay for it. And uh, so yeah, and you pretty, did the whole you did you the layout. Well, the editing. Oh. I mean, the design side. I'm not even going to try these guys' names. Oh, Bapel, the design, Bapels. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're great. They're um, a uh, French design firm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I found out about them through this amazing book that I saw um, they have a whole series of like little little books um, they're like different colored uh, covers they're it's called uh, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce it, like Portrait de Ville it's uh-huh. like uh, basically they'll send photographers out to different cities or I guess sometimes photographers will send their work but they'll just do one book um, by uh, one photographer on the city. So it'll be like, you know, the, 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 the title will be like Sarajevo right, or Tokyo right. or whatever. And I saw um, one of these books, one of the, the agents at art department, she was repping um, this photographer, uh, Lena Skinnies, who's incredible. And I, I checked out her book and it was just gorgeous. I loved how it was printed. It was really beautiful. Um, and I think it was very like poetic. Like I feel like French design is, is, um, is a little bit softer. Um, uh-huh really elegant and I'm like well that would work really well with these images oh. and it was designed by Bapels and then oddly enough two days later uh, the girl I was seeing at the time her friend was friends with the guy from Bapels it was literally two days <laughs> later it was the weirdest thing and I got an email and she goes hey have you heard of this design firm Bapels I said uh, yeah that's really odd like I literally was just looking at that book two days ago so huh. I'm like this is kind of meant to be yeah. Yeah, so then it was just sort of that process of, of meeting with them and, and getting them to design it which was fun it's cool and what about the edit so you did you know, I suppose you work with them on the layout but in terms of like the pictures and the specific edit is that something you did I, I you know initially I just gave it to them and I was like oh, I, okay. I want to see what you wow what wow. you come yeah. come back with I really you know I really trusted them uh-huh. and there was you know some things where I was like you know this feels maybe too quiet let's change this let's change that um, you know, I was worried that again because the images are a little bit quieter. That like that paired with that kind of um, design would would almost like lessen the power of the images. So I'm like, I think we need some some like double page spreads or some because it was originally right. just going to be all smaller hmm. um, uh, photos. You know, taken taken up maybe about a third of the page, which I was like, you know, we got all this real estate. We should probably use more right. of it, in, in my opinion. Um, and it was kind of hard because the designer I was working with, he left like three quarters of the way through the project, so I had to work with someone else. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like starting from scratch. Yeah, collaboration can never go smoothly, can it? Yeah, like, I mean, there, there are a couple spreads in there that I don't feel like 100% yeah. about. I'm like, ooh, that was a kind of a. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, then you'll, you'll look at this 10 years from now it's and be like, I pull this one out. You, and like, yeah. you can just design forever. That's the thing with these projects. You can oh, just keep yeah. tw- like, tweaking it because it's like a puzzle, you know, like editing, mm-hmm. like, you know, even if it's like your own portfolio. Just moving things around, it just completely changes the flow and, and, and the way you feel the story. Oh, totally. I mean, and you can give, and I've talked this with friends a lot, I could give, lay down 100 photos, give them to you, give them yeah. to Tom, mm-hmm. and we're all, awesome. we could all come up with different versions. So cool, yeah. And which one's right? 
You know, it's yeah, not, no, you know, they're no, not, it's an, interp- all, yeah. it's an interpretive kind of medium in, yeah. in many regards. You can come up with different variations. So it's, you know, that's why I really kind of believe in the, the photographer's voice and having them right in there and saying, this is what I want to say. And there's yeah, always that debate of can a photographer edit their own well, that's pictures, another thing. you know. I mean, a lot of the times it's like you're so close to them um, that it's sort of hard to get any perspective on right. what's good and what's bad. And even now, like I'll sometimes look through the contact sheets from this project I'm like, fuck, why didn't I include that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, really? Because yeah. you, like, I'm always my own worst critic. Like, yeah. I'm, it's so bad. I and mean, I'm like, ugh, everything's bad. Or I'll just be, I'll be really, really, like, picky and selective about stuff. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes but I'll always say... active editing remorse. Oh, with, like, but with the archive, I, I mean, I've reserved myself, like, listen, I'm probably going to, over my lifetime, I'm probably going to miss, you know, hopefully a handful of gems that are just going to yeah. sit in the archive and I'll never... Yeah. They'll never be extracted because they'll never see them. Like it's just kind of you got to give them to the photography gods. Right, you know? right, <laughs> like right. your sacrifice yeah. is like these <laughs> photos will, will never be seen, but you know they're there. You know, so I think like yeah, just having enough photos is really the thing. I mean yeah. that you can feel free to throw stuff out. Sure. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. You know? So it's you know it's one of those things. But there's interesting, and I'd be remiss if we didn't ask this: the introduction. <laughs> yeah. The forward. Forward, so the yeah. forward, um, pretty famous author, yeah. Joyce Carol Oates. Yeah. So let me just, well, I want to read another, it's a quick excerpt from, I never imagined I'd be reading an excerpt from J- Joyce Carol Oates <laughs> on the Oates other podcast, but here we go. Um, okay. Though the boxer works with others in a brightly lit space amid a general level of noise, he is really alone. He must face his opponent in the ring alone, and he and his is a curiously private and meditative art, as these photographs by Christian Felber so vividly remind us. Here is a portfolio of brilliantly realized boxing pictures, memorable faces that already hint at the battering to come, cryptic and heraldic tattoos that suggest the young boxer's kinship with ancient anonymous ancestors, the wrapped, bandaged hands and wrists of a young boxer, suggesting both the premeditated violence and the physical peril of the gladiatorial life, moody studies of isolation and cramped quarters that manage to convey the surreal beneath the banal, as if our great American classicist Edward Hopper had extended the range of his painterly subjects to a culture as resolutely non-Caucasian middle class as boxing. See, that's why I don't read from famous <laughs> Jesus, right? I mean, what yeah. an amazing, yeah. amazing writer. So well, how, how do you pull that off? That's a good question. Um, well, when I was training at Gleason's gym, uh, I was training in the mornings, like really early before before work. So I'd get up at you know five five thirty in the morning, train for like two and a half three hours, um, and then go to work. While I was training there, there was this uh, woman who was training there as well. She was uh, a lawyer, and really really nice. And uh, for my birthday one year, she just she gave me a book called Unboxing by Joyce Carol Oates and a, oh. a pair of new new hand wraps. So it was a really oh. sweet sweet gift. Uh-huh. And, um, and I've never read any of her stuff. Like, I obviously knew of her, but I've, I've never actually read her books. And I read it, and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is really good. Um, and I like the way, I mean, you know, her, her writing's very poetic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it, it just, it looks at boxing in a little bit more of a philosophical sense, which I think, you know, works perfectly for, for these photos. And then, um, you know, when it came time to put this together, um, another friend of mine was like, you know, you should really get an author to to write a forward for this. And I was thinking, like, who would I get? I'm like, shit, I wish, like, Norman Mailer were still around. Like, that'd be pretty <laughs> badass. You know, just, like, let's yeah, start from the top. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. Like, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm like, all right, you know, I just read this book. This is great. She's, she's huge. Um, and I found out that she taught at Princeton University. And I found her faculty email address. Wow. And I wrote an email. Like, a, like I, I must have read that email, like, thousands of times. <laughs> sent it to everyone. I'm like, Does this, is there any misspellings? <laughs> like, grammar? Is that all right? Everything cool? Um, sent it to her. And she goes, yeah, um, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm pretty busy for the next couple months, but you want to FedEx me some some photos? I'll check it out. So I FedExed her 80 photos, and um, like a couple weeks later, she she sent me a forward, and she goes, "How's this? Wow. <laughs> like like fucking brilliant, like wow. amazing. Thank you. You know, and it was it was really really nice of her. Like wow. I, I so her and right I now. assume you sent her the book. Too. Yeah, she course, has the book. Course, and yeah. Like so, have you talked to her since? Uh, yeah, I've reached out, but yeah, I don't know. No. Well, that's that, awesome, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've sent her. I've sent her a bunch of prints actually, because I'm just like, please, just take whatever you want. Yeah, yeah <laughs> whatever yeah, you yeah. need, please take. No, it. I mean, it really does. Uh, you know, uh, adds a punch to it. Really, I don't know. Like a lot of times, you get an ac- more of an academic kind of writer on photography that'll go into the history of photography. And mm-hmm. this, you know, th- I like this approach. It's a different perspective on it. So I think that's. Yeah, it was. It was awesome. really, really lucky and pretty amazing. So you. So just we'll. I think we covered the book pretty well. But you, you're still, you're out there hustling. You're shooting for New York Times Magazine. You're doing yeah, all over the place, huh? Yeah, trying. Did, was it was the book? Did you, did you find after the book that people that kind of helped mm. you at all, no. or was it not? I mean, it definitely didn't hurt. I'm not sure if it if it got me any jobs necessarily. Maybe maybe it got me one or two jobs actually. Mm. Um, because I did get a couple sports jobs after that, uh-huh. and again, I really don't uh-huh. know. I'd never done any sports photography uh-huh. before that, and it worked out really well. It was fun. That's actually it was like the first cover I got for the New York Times magazine was sports. It was a football player down in Atlanta, uh-huh. and I think it was basically because of that. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Looking looking back on it, I was like, no, I was like, no, you're, you're totally right. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah, can't complain about that. Yeah. Let's let's take a quick break, cool. and we'll come back and sure talk awesome. about a photo book. Sweet. and we're going to talk about I and mean, what I like is that okay so we're talking about Trent Park Minutes to Midnight so what I like is that I've been following Trent Park for years and I come here and I show Tom I was like I got Trent Park's book and yeah. he's like I never heard of him yeah, same yeah. I didn't say anything and so yeah. I, and this is really one of the beautiful things about photography books and photography that I find consistently I mean it's one of the consistent things you can talk to any photographer and they can be of any status or whatever it is and your list of referring photographers will so rarely yeah. match completely. Yeah, they, we're all everyone's kind of like swimming in these different networks and has these different references. It's worse than music. Yeah. there's so many fucking photographers. It is. It's God just damn. crazy, you know. And <laughs> too, maybe too many. I don't know. So I like. So I just like that idea of you know that we can be exposed to something and you know you wouldn't ever. Thought about going, and it's like more organic because it's like a referral. It's from your friend or somebody you know. So Trent Park, Minutes to Midnight. Just to give a little background on this, is that this is so this material, this this 
these photos have been out for years. I mean, he became, he blew up, I think primarily because of the internet. He was in, in public. Huh. It's a collective of street photographers. And amongst like street photographers who like black and white, he's like a legend. And these hmm. photos are just, he's got so many people copying him. And people were, you, he made a couple of his own books as well. And like, obviously they sold out right away and you, you can't get them. They're like astronomically expensive. And people right. are like, why doesn't somebody proper do the book? And apparently it was in, he was working with Steigl for like years and there was like all these difficulties about huh. doing the book. So it finally came out last year and like it sold out like wow. almost immediately. And I think like they're on the second publishing of it now. Wow. When does this work from? Like when they were, So when they he started, the, his, this was basically his after 9-11. Okay. He felt like with the war on terrorism that Australia was kind of jumping into and there's a weird national mood in Australia. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to do his kind of go on the road and get to the heart of of what's going on after right. post 9-11 in Australia. And he, you know, but he started as like a sports photographer too. I, I so he that. kind of like oh. shooting for the Sunday or Sydney Weird. Herald and like, but he was always a street photographer, like a, like a street photographer. See, I've never guess that looking at the book. Like it's just, what? yeah. You know, what, that he was a. Uh, like a sports photographer. Sports like a long, like a telephoto That's long weird. lens. That's kind of that like kind of blows my mind, time. honestly. Yeah. It was so, one of my favorite things is being a photojournalist yeah. though. Thank it's you. a game. I just, I just feel like this is so like artsy. Like it's so. Oh, like, it's totally. like so on the other end of that. Totally. I mean, it's it's yeah. He's you know I, to me it's in that route that traditional. That's incredible. Like, it's beautiful. Robert Frank's yeah, street yeah, yeah, photography, yeah. gritty, deep black and well, white. Well, that, that's what I thought it was from like the seventies or I don't know, <laughs> right. like. Right. That's just you said it came out a, a year ago, huh? Yeah, it just that's came out this. But the photos are all like in the in the. 2000, so like after 2001, and he, you know, it still is he, hard to tie this to a certain time and place. With black and white too, especially. Yeah, I mean, I think he. I mean, he he's. Very like, he pushes the he pushes the crap out of the film too. Like yeah. he's really it's beautiful. On, he would develop his own film like on the road too. Like we have, he was just in the photographer sketchbooks that I did. We have behind the scenes of him where he has like his film drying on these trees and like. His wife's a photographer too, and she took like a Polaroid. And it's like in this in the Australian desert, and you got these long strips of like black and white film hanging. That's amazing. Like, so he does it all on the road, and he's wow. he's one of those obsessive, obsessive compulsive photographers who just out there always like. I think you need to be. I think you need to be obsessive compulsive if you're going to be successful. Yeah, and he, you know, so this is <laughs> seriously a hundred percent. Like mean, like in terms of photography, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we talked about this a few episodes ago. Like it's the addicts. Yeah. Like at this point, I'm really only interested in talking to the addicts. It's almost like, <laughs> you know, any other sort of addiction. It's when the people who are really in the nitty gritty of it and are mm. kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. You really start to get kind of like the real insight. I yeah. Mean, not not to belittle people who you know shoot on the weekends or whatever, but like. But the, I mean, but you look at this work and there's just like a whole other level. I mean, this stuff is is really great. <laughs> it kind of takes this weird uh, alien turn, yeah. like three quarters of the way. So here's yeah, a famous. Yeah. This is one of the famous, and we have we'll yep, have this up I on agree. the blog. It's um, this is one of his famous famous photos of like the bus passing. It's got the silhouettes of the people waiting for the bus, mm-hmm. and apparently it took him four months to make this photograph. Jesus like he would go out at the same huh. night every time, trying to get that photograph, like over and over, and he'd make like hundreds of exposures. Jesus. To try to get that one photo of, of the, the people, it's unbelievable. the silhouettes, and it's like the, it's a bus that's that's screaming through there. 
Huh. So wow. it's, yeah. And there's, he wrote a big thing on this. I can't remember where it was, but he wrote a whole thing about his whole process of getting that one photo, you know. Beautiful. But then he yeah. also has those, you know, pretty much snapshots where it's like you're just there and you get it, you know. Um, that looked like an homage. <laughs> yeah, that's a Robert French, yeah. right? Like the, yeah. cover, the covered car. And know? it is kind of like that book for Australia in a way, right? Yeah. Tom likes the, the this photo. It's a creepy-ass photo. Creepy ass. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrifying. What is that, by the way? It's a squirrel. Uh, well, I don't know. This is Australia. It could be some other form of an animal that we don't know, you know? It's, it's a dingo jumping but in the air. But maybe he's, like, sleeping. So weird. If he's sleeping or something, he's, like, on the ground and he's shooting. How the hell do you get that photo? Shooting up. I don't know. He just, yeah. I he guess that's when sports photography exactly. comes in handy. Fucking the action, tracking. yeah. yeah. No, so this is, yeah, in, in the printing, I mean, the thing is, you look at this black and white printing, yeah. like, when you see Steidl print yeah. in black and white like this, it's like, you're, damn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is, this kind is how gorgeous. you print black and white, you know? I just, it's like a lost art, I feel, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah Trent Park, Minutes to Midnight is, is an epic book. I mean, I had to, I had, that's so weird, like these ones. So that's like, a self-portrait. Yeah. I think he's like uh, flat, has a flash somewhere. I think mm -hmm. probably right. So yeah, like blasting on him. But that's his self-portrait. You know? So he has, you know, he he does a bunch of other stuff now these days too. Um, where he, either he's he's insane. shooting color, like medium format color, but he's really Jesus. into the light and like that's his kid. <laughs> there. Fucking crazy. So it's really that. No, it's like that kind of like personal documentary of a, the mood in the country, but it's one of my, I mean, it's one of my favorite favorite books recently. It's just because I don't know if this guy is like he's Trent Park. I don't know, man. Like the guy, he's just become one of those like legendary like photographers. I think Magnum guy. Yeah. And I had a chance to meet him one time. Oh, cool. At a Magnum event, he was awesome. I was like, hey, you know like yourself and I just started talking to him about street photography he was he didn't care who I was like it didn't yeah. matter he was just one of those guys that was yeah. like if, if the conversation was good and engaging yeah. he was like there it's nice yeah no ego huh? no ego whatsoever so how long has he been with Magnum for do you know oh he that's been like five or six years okay yeah it's five or six years and he's yeah, these are unbelievable really fuck yeah it's nice seeing this stuff because it's just like you're like I gotta I gotta be shooting even more it's inspiring, you, you know. Black and white. Occasionally, but not. I, I usually shoot color, but it's it's nice seeing this. I was thinking about starting to do a project actually in black and white. This is yeah, and he's like awesome. all film too, all black and white film. Yeah, fucking gorgeous. All high speed. It looks like what, like thirty two hundred or something. I think he's like. I think he pushes, pushes, pushes the pushes the triax to like sixteen or thirty two hundred. Yeah, and all pretty much all Leica stuff. Uh, Shot with Leica. Gorgeous. Yeah. Do you ever use a Leica? No, <laughs> no. Oh, I've been wanting to get a Contax G two for a while. I really like this. I mean, I had the Besa. I used a Besa R three M. It's like uh, the generic version of Leica film. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah, I've it's never, like never... yeah, it's like a rangefinder. Really? And they came out with it. I mean, they're like you know seven hundred bucks for the body and then the lenses. But it was good. I mean, although mine mine busted up after a while, the shutter broke. What, what are the lenses? Are they? Uh, are they they're like Voigtlander. So it's a Voigtlander lens. Lenses are nice. The lenses are actually nicer than the bodies. Are they expensive? Um, yeah, they might be like in the five, six hundred range. Yeah. But they're, they're, they're end mounted. Well, but so. you, you've used the G2, right? The Contax? No. I use the Contax T3. 
You should check out the G two. He's a guy that um, has uh, Zeiss lenses. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of people. A lot of yeah. The flash looks really nice. Like the flash is the shit. No, is it Jurgen? Jurgen Teller? Yeah, yeah. That's totally his thing. But it's beautiful. It has this like really like wraparound quality that's really gorgeous. Yeah, no, I think I I started. I went moved back to the food once the Fuji and like all the good mirrorless came out. That was because I can't shoot. To me, shooting thirty five millimeter film is just it's too tedious because you got to scan it and and if you shoot thirty five, you you got to shoot in such a volume. Right. So then you're scanning all that. I'm like, yeah. if I'm gonna do thirty five. These digital cameras are so good at this point that. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna shoot digitally. Yeah, I mean, I think I just. I like the process though of shooting with film because you, you don't know if you've gotten it or right. not. Like so, you, you're sort of like forced to shoot more. But do you shoot for your commercial or editorial stuff? Do you shoot film? When I can, yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow. I, I try to shoot almost all film unless they just they can't. I mean, unless there's something crazy. If I'm you know on tour with like a band and I'm shooting them live or something, then I just, I you know, there's no point in shooting film at that point. You know, just because yeah. it's like. The, the, the uh, amount you'd have to push the film and the number of photos you're uh -huh. taking live just doesn't make any sense. Uh -huh. But, you know, for portraiture and, and things that are uh, uh, not as, you know, you don't need to be as quick with, um, I love I love film. I think there's just something really nice about that process. Again, you don't know, it's like more intuitive, you know? You don't know. Yeah, I mean, I shoot, so I shoot with Mamiya 7. Okay. Like I, so I use, with the, I portrait 120, right. portrait 400. And that, that's a rangefinder, right? Yeah, the, so the Mamiya 7 is basically, yeah, it's like, a, it's like, it's it's like the greatest point and shoot film camera. I mean, but it's weird because yeah. you can shoot a landscape as if you're shooting like a point, like a point and shoot thing. You know, like there's no fuss to so it. We're you know? totally nerding out right now. And, it's really funny. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, ah, is that a rangefinder? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Good God, what have I become? Welcome to the LPV show. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> and it's so quiet though too. But there is that. Like I, I shoot when I'm doing the stuff on the Mamiya, I. You know, I'll wait like four or five months and get like twenty or thirty rolls, and then I'll go right. in. and like that's always the bounty coming home well, and then the like shit, yeah. looking at it. I'm <laughs> yeah. not doing anything. I'm gonna start scanning this stuff, yeah. and it's always, it's always the pictures that you don't you forgot about or they're there, and you're like, whoa, it's fun. Where'd that come from? Right? You know? Yeah, you, you forgot you took that photo, and you're like, yeah. oh wow. Because cool. it almost is, don't you think? Photography is almost about the mistakes, the ones that you don't. Oh, yeah, you I mean, know? a lot of the times, yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. Where you didn't realize you got it. Yeah. But obviously, like you have to be in a position where you can get it. Right. And I think you have to make the stuff where, like, okay, I can make that photo, because then you're in the place to make the next one or the one that might screw up or might be a little bit off or different. You know? Right, right. Like it has to exist in that continuum of all your other photos. Right. Because right. otherwise, how do you know which one's good or which one's right. bad? Like, it has to be against those other ones. Right. And there's, a, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about the editing process as well, and oh, like, yeah. and like knowing which photos have potential, you yeah. know, and, and just seeing it. Oh, we, uh, editing is editing is my favorite one of my favorite topics to talk about. Is how do you? I mean, I, I, I used to work with a uh, a National Geographic photographer when I was like first starting out, and he would shoot. He used to shoot slide film, and he would shoot like you know ten thousand photos or something like that. And we'd come back and edit it, and of course National Geographic would publish like four or five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, you know, it says a lot about the the editing process. Yeah, and, that's the same with like Alex Webb too, where he has to, you know he shoots ten twenty thousand to get his sixty in the book. You know? This is awesome. I like this book. But it's also, I mean, yeah, it gets to the point too. Is like, I think there's like, and people end up with a lot of material in their archives too, and we're seeing that a lot now too. Where like we just were talking about before, Magnum selling those prints from deep in their archive, and they yeah. have all this stuff, and I think like that's before, you know, 
photographers would not show you all of their stuff. You know, see the best. But yeah. now we're in this age where people are posting their stuff on Tumblr, or Instagram, and you're yeah. seeing a lot more of photographers. I don't want to say you know deep archive, but maybe their mediocre work, which I think like plays into that perception of like, oh, it's kind of like all bland and whatever, because we're photographers aren't just holding out with their very best stuff. You know? Right. So I think that's where it, it kind of like we were, we end up in that like paradox of oh, it's all kind of like looks the same. Yeah. But it's also, you know, I still think people are doing really good stuff. Sure. But it's just you're seeing more of it. What do you think of that, like Instagram and, and a lot of that social? Well, I, so to me it comes down to, I mean, I, I pretty much, I've been a part of like Flickr and social media like from the beginning. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I like educated myself. Right. Like right. I got in with, on a good Flickr group and it was all people who were into social documentary and street photography and they pointed me in the right direction. So without social networking and that's I would have been, been lost because I didn't right. go to school. So yeah. in terms of like the pictures, yeah, of course most of it isn't worth really looking at. <laughs> it's like, you know, but I, I enjoy finding people and following specific photographers yeah. more or less than trying to, I don't know, like really deeply look at photos. To me, like this is the books. Yeah. Right. Like, that's where I'm like, okay, I see who you are as a photographer when I'm paging through right. your book. That's where right. I get where I get it, you know. But now that sure. I see your book, I was like, well, I follow, you know, I'll follow him on Instagram, I'll follow him on right. Tumblr, whatever he's doing. You know? Right. Well, I mean, with books, you just have there's there's more elements to control. It's not just you know a screen and some you know programmer's platform, you know, right. like Flickr or something. You know, again, as we we're saying before, you get to choose the paper, you get to choose the type, you get to choose the editing, you know, all that stuff. And I think that that all sort of plays a role into like who you are as an artist or as a photographer, you know? Oh, 100%. I mean, that's why, we, that's why we're talking about books, because that's just, to me, you know, there's, obviously photo books are really hot these days, and it's kind of, you know, every photographer thinks they need to put out a book, and you got yeah. a lot of people putting out self-published stuff that's probably not. Yeah. It's more vanity. I mean, yours definitely is done the right way, you right, know? Right. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, that's why it's exciting, though, is there is a lot more people that have that option of doing it themselves and you can get it out there yeah. you know and like I think that's the web mostly is going to be it's a marketing and it's a network a networking yeah. tool and a promotion I mean yeah. the stuff that's really going to blow up is if it's in the New York Times lens blog or life box or mm-hmm. the New Yorker you know mm-hmm. so I think that's really where you end up you know getting really big visibility with the stuff you know so What's next, Chris? <laughs> um, I mean, I got a, I got a couple projects I'm working on. Um, one is just like it's just in the beginning stages, so I don't want to get get too into it. Um, but there's a, I always have like a continuing. I think it's important to have some sort of personal project going at all times. You know, like what we we're talking about, like that obsessive compulsive thing. Like, you know, if if you're doing any sort of job, you do it you know, every day, you know, or at least you should. And I think it's, you know, no different with photography. You know, like construction workers get up at five in the morning and they dig yeah. holes in the morning. It's like, why can't you get up and take a roll of film or something? Yeah. Um, huh. and, and sometimes it's hard, you know, because we all, you know, we're obviously all busy and, you know, trying to maintain, you know, and hustle and do that whole thing. And, um, but I think that that's important is to always have a personal project. So um, one project I've been working on is, I just, I, I call it night walkers. And, um, and it's kind of a, an exercise as well. You know, like we were talking about like going up to random people and strangers and how difficult that is. And I just thought that that's like a really good process to get better at. 
And um, it started off as going out any time of, of day, you know, just around my block and, and photographing people around the block. And then it kind of evolved into something where I go out at night and they photograph people on the streets at night only wow. lit by like bodega lights and oh, wow. uh, neon signs and stuff. So I shoot it on 800 speed film uh-huh. with a, um, with the Mamiya RZ. I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you some of the yeah, work. It's you like- you know who you should, have you seen Khalid Ali? No. Like, he's like, does this in Harlem. He oh, shoots, really? He shoots with a Canon, Canon AE-1. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. With man. like a 50, with a 50 millimeter, like 1.8 lens, and he has shoots the portrait 800 in shit. all natural light. I'll send you that link, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, to see it. Yeah, but he it, does the same thing, yeah. I mean, you know, it's an interesting process, um, especially like when it's later, I think it's harder to get people to sort of cooperate. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's so many more interesting people out. Um, and you do it around where you live? Yeah, I, I try to stay within a, like, like, like that's kind of another rule. Like, one of the rules is, like, I gotta get their permission. Another rule is, um, I'm, I'm trying to stay within my block, just because it's such a strange block where I live. I live in Clinton Hill, uh-huh. and on, the, like, the north side of the block, it's all, it's, it's like a heavy, like, Hasidic Jewish population. Uh-huh. In the middle is, like, you know, a lot of, like, Pratt art students, you know, I live in, like, you know, it's like the, yeah, the attack yeah. sort of. And then on the, uh, the south side are, like, a lot of projects. So there's all these people combining within like a one block radius, which I think is sort of fascinating. So just walking around the block, you see so many different kinds of people. And I'm um, actually just the um, just the other night, I was so so bummed I didn't get the shot. That's the one difficult thing is that you know when you're asking people, they sometimes say no, and which can be heartbreaking. Mm. You're just like, fuck, that'd be such a good photo. It was at like 3:30 in the morning. Um, I, I I was photographing this girl. She was just coming back from from her job. And so I was taking a portrait of her. While I was taking this portrait, while I was setting it up, um, a uh, Hasidic Jewish couple was walking down the street and they had just gotten married and she was in a dress. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, it was just desolate. And she was walking yeah. down the street. I'm like, God damn, I need, I need this photo. Uh-huh. And I was like, please, can I, I I've, gotta, I've gotta take your photo. And she said no. And I was like, fuck. And I, oh, I pleaded, I was like, please, please. Nope. So pleading this. Uh, so how often do you get turned down? Because I can't um, do street portraiture. Like I'm just. It depends. Like how comfortable. I mean, I think you get to a place where you're where you're more comfortable if you're doing it regularly. Uh, I think ninety percent of the people say yes, and you know, a, a lot of the times they're they're they might be like weirded out. Or they're sort of like, well, what are you doing? What is this? And a lot of times I'll I'll have my book with okay. me and I'll show them like this is what I do. You know, again, as we we're saying before, because there's so many photographers, it's hard to tell. You know, where yeah, it's going. What are you, you going to do, especially on the internet? Totally. People are totally yeah. skeptical of what's, where it's going to And then, go. you know, I try to give them prints, and word gets around. They're like, oh, you're that photographer who's out shooting. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And, and oh, that's lo- interesting. So people yeah. are starting. I mean, I've almost gotten into, into fights, and then it's sort of, <laughs> then it, 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 I sort of talk them down, and then eventually I get the portrait. What do you mean, fight? So you ask them, and they're like hostile to you for asking? Yeah, yeah, I've gotten. Oh, wow. You know, some people think I'm like undercover, like an undercover cop. Even though I look nothing like an, like I look nothing like an undercover yeah, cop, yeah. Like. except the perfect undercover. Maybe, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's funny. That's good. Yeah. Um, Please don't arrest us. I know. So <laughs> so how long? How much of their time do you take? Because I think a lot of people. Uh, that's what I struggle with too. Is like you know I don't want to be wasting these people's time. Know, like like five, going somewhere, you know. Five to ten minutes, but like most of the time it's just fun. Like we're just having a conversation okay. and just trying to keep it loose. And then it's fun when you when you realize that that skill you know applies to you know doing commercial work or doing editorial work where you're you know photographing a celebrity or something and you sort of have to shoot the shit with them mm-hmm. and so and while you're while you're photographing and it's like this it kind of loosens things up and they sort of forget that you're taking a portrait 
Um, so do you look for those? Do you look for those loot the moments when they're kind of like off guard or more relaxed or? Um, for these, not so much because it's it's again it's a little bit more formal. Mm -hmm. It's it's so set up. It's on a tripod. It's a little bit more difficult to do oh, that. Okay. But usually, like a lot of the times, I'll just mm -hmm. I'll have them look right into the camera. Or if I see them doing something, um, if I see them put their hands somewhere, if I see them look somewhere, I go wait wait wait. Say just like that. Don't move. Mm -hmm. Say just like that, and then shoot it. And, and so a lot of the times we'll be we'll be talking in conversation. I'll see something like remember that or stay like that, and then I'll set it up and, and take their portrait. Um, and it's cool just to to like almost becoming more aware of of the ambient light. At night, you know, I mean, there's some really gorgeous lighting, and, and it's weird thinking about that it's coming from like a you know fluorescent light bulb in like yeah. a bodega. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It looks like studio lighting. So it's really, it's but it's going to be pretty saturated, right? Like you're shooting that 800. It's got yeah, be yeah, definitely. Contrasty it's, and kind of. Like yeah, but it's cool vivid, though. Yeah. I mean, and, and I shoot it super shallow. I usually shoot it at f2.8. Just like that's why I love the RZ. I think it's gorgeous. It's focused right on their eyes and like. And like the backgrounds, it's like you know the, the the street street lights and everything like that are kind of out in the back and kind of blurry, and they just become these orbs in the background yeah, yeah, so out of focus, it. which is cool. It, so Sounds awesome, man. Yeah, so I'm working on that. Um, what else? I was doing this project on this old roller skating rink in Bedsty <laughs> called uh, Crazy Legs. What? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like an, an old uh, Salvation Army, like an old Salvation Army building. It's every Wednesday night. So I was going there for a while, doing that thing, which was fun. And then I got busier huh. and I stopped going, but I should, I should probably do that again. And then working on a photo project with this, with this photo editor friend of mine, trying to sort that out. I'll, I'll tell you about it later. It should be, should be fun. I don't, I don't want to say too much. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to like, yeah, jinx yeah, myself yeah. and it's like it's still in that like, beginning stage. Um, but yeah, just trying to keep as busy as possible. I think it's important. No, awesome, Otherwise man. I go crazy. I need to, I need to keep busy. Yeah, we, uh, well, we thank you for... For joining us, yeah. it's a great book. No, thank you. Yeah, so happy so to learn about uh, the process. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow.